Hello, I'm Zeb Newworth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented, value-based, and humanistic system of health. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization. Folks, I am so, so excited to share this interview with you. It is uh, nothing short of mind-blowing from my perspective. The focus of the interview is about an organization uh, that is part of a new category in healthcare that is attempting to solve the employer healthcare dilemma in our system. But even more fundamental than that, they're attempting to solve the core struggles that all healthcare consumers are facing. Struggles such as obtaining unbiased and uh, in, accurate information, trusted guidance, convenient and immediate access to care, or just making it easier to schedule access to care. We're going to find out a lot more about the challenges that employers and employees face uh, regarding their health care and their health and how this unique and highly innovative organization is going about solving those challenges. Now, before we introduce our guests, I'm going to make a request of you. If you listen to this podcast and you find value in it, I'd like you to share it with your colleagues. So very specifically, as soon as you're done listening to the podcast or the next time you see one of our social media graphics on LinkedIn or Twitter, could you please share it with your colleagues? Just reshare the LinkedIn announcement or just go and post an announcement. Um, I've heard back from a few of you over the past many months. In fact, actually many of you, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking a moment to help spread the podcast and spread the word on creating a new healthcare. So getting to this podcast, again, so excited to welcome our guest today, uh, Glenn Tolman. Uh, Glenn Tolman is the executive chairman and chief executive officer of Transcarent. He was uh, the former chairman and uh, CEO and founder of a company called Livongo Health. Uh, as many of you are aware, uh, Livongo was led by Glenn through the largest consumer digital health uh, initial public offering in history. It was the largest digital health merger to date um, between Livongo and Teladoc Health, uh, which valued Livongo at, uh, as I recall, about $18.5 billion. Previous to that, Glenn ran uh, a couple of other companies that really changed the way that healthcare was being delivered at the time. He was the uh, CEO of Allscripts, uh, a leading provider of electronic prescribing and practice management and electronic health records. And prior to Allscripts, he was the CEO of Enterprise Systems, a leading resource management system. So years and years of experience. He's a, a serial uh, healthcare entrepreneur and a healthcare executive. He's also one of the uh, founding partners at Seven Wire Ventures, a socially minded venture capital fund. He's also the author of a book on our terms, empowering the new health consumer. And uh, he's also uh, a strong proponent uh, and very, very active philanthropist. He was honored in 2019 with the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Ripple of Hope Award. Uh, he's also a, a, a chancellor to the International Board of the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation and a board member and incoming chairperson of the American Diabetes Association. Uh, I have just tremendous respect. I've been uh, tracking and speaking to Glenn for years. Uh, he and his colleagues have just done uh, profoundly uh, game-changing work in the field of healthcare. So without further ado, let's drop into the interview, which we just recorded earlier today. So Glenn, first of all, just want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Thanks so much for asking. And I'm, I'm excited to be talking again. I know it's been a while since we've spoken and uh, so much has happened. You've accomplished so much. And I know just from uh, our uh, pre-recording conversation that you don't look at the past, you're looking at the present and particularly on you know what you're going to be doing in the future. So so let's jump into that. And before we talk about transparent, which I really want to get to and, and dive in with you, from your perspective, what is uh, the emerging role, the influence of self-insured employers in American healthcare? How, how big a part of our system are employers? Well, I think that large self-insured employers and all self-insured employers are going to fundamentally drive the change 
that has to happen in our healthcare system. If you look at the key players, um, there are large payers, there's large PBMs, there's large health systems, and no one is actually advocating for the real people who are paying the bills. And those are self-insured employers and all of us. And what we need to do in our healthcare system of the future is get alignment. Today, um, and Jeff Bezos said this when they were founding Haven, he said that there's a lack of alignment between those three parties, between payers, PBMs, and health systems, and self-insured employers, because every time a self-insured employer spends more money, the payers, PBMs, and health systems make more money. So there's never going to be a case where United Healthcare comes out and says, next year, we're going to re dramatically reduce our revenues to hold down healthcare costs. That's just not happening. So the only hope we have is that self-insured employers, especially the largest self-insured employers, take charge and help us transform this healthcare system that we have into a health and care system that puts people back in charge of their care. From your perspective, what are, when it comes to employer-based healthcare, what are some of the major pains and struggles for employers? What are they struggling with? Why is it a problem for employers? Well, today, if you survey people like you and me and our families, Across the board, people say that after 20 years, maybe 30 years of promises for a higher quality, more cost-effective healthcare system, today, people will tell you that it is more confusing, more complex, and more costly than ever before. And in fact, even with all of the innovation we've seen over the last five to 10 years, many new companies entering the fray, like Livongo, um, people are saying it's gotten more complex. In fact, the average self-insured employer now deals with 14 different companies to administer and provide health and care to their employees, 14 different companies. So that, and think about that, if you're a mid-sized business, it's impossible. But also, one of the things we found at Livongo was someone who has multiple chronic conditions, which is very common. Let's say you have type 2 diabetes. 70% of those people have hypertension. And a high percentage of those people are dealing with weight management issues. So if you have three of those issues, we would run into these people and they would say, I have not three, but four different coaches, four or five different apps. I get medications from at least two different sources. And they said, managing this is, is so hard that I've just given up. And that's what we would run into. So at Livongo, what we said is, let us make it easy. One app, one person to call, and your supplies are now free. No more billing, no more copay. And they not just liked it, they loved it because someone was taking their perspective. So I think that that's where we have to head to, which is we have to make it easier to stay healthy, not harder, easier. And the first thing that you have to do is address the inequity issues of things like co-pays, which is if I tell you that something costs 25 or $50, you're much less likely to do it than if I say it's free. Now, why would we ever tell someone who needs insulin to stay alive, who has type 1 diabetes, that there's a copay? Do we not want them to take their medicine so they end up in the hospital? This is one of the most outrageous things that you can imagine. These are not people, by the way, they can't overuse it. They can't take too much insulin. That'll put them in the hospital. They can't take too little. That'll put them in the hospital. The average hospital visit for someone with diabetes who's had a seizure cost between three and $5,000. And what we're doing is we're saying, especially for those who are under-resourced, you have to pay $25 or $50 to get strips and to get insulin um, when 
we know that if they ration it or they don't take it, we're going to end up paying $3,000 down the road. So those are the kinds of issues that we have to start addressing in our healthcare system today. And I think self-insured employers are the best organizations to address it. You're painting a picture where the self-insured employers are at the center of this uh, major drivers in the market, a major force for change. And I I see the same thing happening. You know, it's so fascinating because, you know, in these conversations I have, clearly cost is outrageous and it's unsustainable, but you're bringing something new to the picture, which I really want to focus on, which I, I haven't heard, quite honestly, people raise before, but I know it's a reality. And I just, I don't think that people understand how uh, serious this issue is. This notion of the complexity, which is increasing rapidly because of all these new companies in the market, all these new vendors, all these new digital health startups, and each one, each one has a point solution. Uh, but to your point, when an employer is dealing with 14 different healthcare vendors, this is just in their own employee healthcare, it's overwhelming. And what's so timely about this, and I'm so really glad you raised it, is there was literally an article yesterday in the Wall Street Journal uh, on May 3rd, 2021. It's called, the title was, Digital Health Startups Are Booming their customers are overwhelmed, you know, and this is exactly the point. In fact, it's interesting because in our correspondence, you wrote, you said, you know, employers don't need more digital health point solutions. They need a new and different experience in how they engage the healthcare system. And so I'm wondering if you could expand on that. What do employers need? And, and you were mentioning, you know, Livongo, which, you know, tried to create this wraparound, but there's many Livongos out there and, uh, and, and many that are trying to become Livongos, these point solutions and, and these chronic disease management solutions. How does an employer deal with that? And, and it's only going to get worse. There's, you know, so far in the first quarter of this year, there was seven or so billion dollars of investment in digital health solutions. So clearly this is a hot market. What are employers asking and what do they need to do? Well, I think employers and their employees and families are asking for the same thing. Make it easier for us to stay healthy, um, meet us where we are in the equation, and give us what we get in every other part of the economy. So if you think about it, when you go to buy something, or let's even start more basically, if you think about what I call the four C's. So first C is content. You used to, it used to be hard to get information, and then you had to go to the library, and now, of course, you can get it 24 hours a day for free from Google. So that's the first C, content. Then community. It used to be hard to stay in touch with people, you know, your old college roommate or high school roommate or even family members. And then Facebook came along, 24 by 7, easy access, no cost, free. Okay, then we went to commerce and it used to be hard. You wanted to buy something and either you had to go out to the store or you had to order it and wait and you could only go during certain times and the store was closed. And if you were a working person and then Amazon came along and Shopify and they said 24 by seven, you can have it on your terms and you can get it even today uh, if you want to, if you really need it or tomorrow or next week delivered to your door. And so each one of those has in common, they put you in charge. They're a lower cost or no cost, okay? And they give you the things that you really want and need. And so now we go to the, so that was, we started with content. Then we went next to community. The third C was commerce. And the last C is care. And what we need is a care system that's available 24 by 7 that puts you in charge and that meets you where you are. And we're seeing that happen. You know, maybe one of the few things that was beneficial from the pandemic was it showed us how quickly we could get to a responsive, consumer-directed, digital healthcare system. And so what happened was what people thought would take 10 years took three months. And that was we went from telehealth at rates of 3 to 5% overnight to 100%. 
And now it's settling in at 30 to 50%, depending on the healthcare system. I don't know where Atrium is on, on that spectrum, but um, it's settling in at 10 times the level it was at with very high satisfaction. And people have started to say, wow, I can talk to a doctor, a nurse, a healthcare professional, a behavioral health therapist on my terms when I need them. This is amazing. And people are even willing to pay for that convenience, uh, which is fascinating. Before they were complaining about a copay. Now my own son said, I used Doctor On Demand a few weeks ago, and it was the best healthcare experience I've ever had. Friday night, talked to a doctor when I needed it. He gave me a prescription for my sinus infection. He told me a 24-hour pharmacy so I could start the treatment immediately. And he said, I've never seen anything like it. I was so happy. And I said, oh, did you go through your health plan? He said, absolutely not. I hate my health plan. I paid for it directly. It was only $40. And think about that. And he said, my time is worth more than that. And so I said, do me a favor. Try to do that same thing on your health plan. It took so long, he gave up. He said they needed member numbers. Then I had to log on to a website. I had to set up a new. And so I think what we're seeing here is a, an absolute transition to a new way of, of doing health. But I think what's, what's, and this is a great transition to transparent, because people want from healthcare what they get in every other area. And that's three simple things. Number one, they want unbiased information. And so if I say to you, where should I go to get my knee surgery? I don't want you to give me a place where you get a, a kickback or a rebate. I don't want you to only tell me about places you like. I want you to give me a broad option. Give me a choice. Here's all the places you could go. Then the next thing is I want trusted guidance. Okay, but where would you go? And you might say, I'd go to these two places. Okay, well, thank you. But I don't want you to say I'll go to them because under the table, they're giving me money back. <laughs> I want to know. And then last but not least, the next question I ask you is, can you get me in? Do you know anybody there? So that happens every day in every other part of our economy. And it happens today, especially for some people who first thing that happens is they call a doctor. They say, where's the best place to have this done? Um, should I have it done? And can you get me in? Same question over and over again. What we want to do in a transparent is bring that same transparency to everybody. I mean, the beauty of Uber was that in the past, if I said, I'll have a limo waiting outside your door in five minutes, you would say, you must be really wealthy. You have a whole fleet of cars circulating at your disposal at any moment. And now you say, you must know how to use Uber. <laughs> and the beauty is I was on the south side of Chicago and with some uh, under-resourced folks, and I was talking about technology, and they said the biggest technological benefit for them was Uber because they could never get a taxi before. But now they call Uber and it comes right to their house. They know who it is. The taxi knows who or the Uber knows who they are. And you know, I never even thought about that, but technology can bring equality. And so when we say to somebody, whether you're the janitor or whether you're the CEO on transparent, you're going to be given the same options. We've eliminated co-pays. We've eliminated co-insurance. We've eliminated billing. We've even eliminated the piece of paper you get that says in bold letters, this is not a bill. Think about that for a moment. Somebody took the time to print on there, this is not a bill, instead of saying, if everybody thinks it's a bill, maybe we ought to make it look different. But instead, they said, no, we're going to keep sending it to confuse people, but we'll print, this is not a bill. So then people start, they get even more confused and they say, well, if it's not a bill, then why are they sending it to me? <laughs> I totally get that. I, I get those. And it's just like, why do you have to say it's not a bill? To your point, why can't you just send it in a different way or look have it look like it's not a bill? This is fantastic in terms of setting up your introduction to what actually transparent is 
and what problem it's solving for employees and employers. And I, I love the three things you mentioned in terms of information that's unbiased, uh, the guidance and navigation, and, and then that assistance with actually facilitating the uh, interaction of the, the care. And I want to get back to your business model in terms of no co-pays, because I think that's unusual, no per member per month fees. That, again, really unusual in this business. Could you provide our listeners, what does Transparent do? If we employers signed up with Transparent, what is the offering? What are the services we get? Sure. Well, let's first start with a kind of general vision. And the idea was to create a new and different kind of health and care experience that puts people back in charge. So first of all, it wasn't just new, it was different. It wasn't better, it was completely different. Think about the iPhone. You didn't say, oh, this is just another phone when you when you bought your first iPhone. You said, wow, this is completely different than anything we've had. Even the box was different. Everything about that experience was different. And today, people under 35 only use the iPhone less than 20% to make calls. So you thought you were buying a phone, but you were buying an experience. And that started the moment you got the box, the moment you walked into an Apple store, everything about it was different. So really important. The other thing is we're not, it's not a product, it's not a solution, it's not a thing, it's an experience. We want you to have a different feeling when you're dealing with us. And unfortunately, that feeling, if you judge it by net promoter scores for health systems today or payers today, is not very positive. And so we want to change that experience of what it's like to have somebody who is really on your side, working on your behalf. And then we want to focus on health and on care, two separate things, because health may mean that we tell you um, as number of studies have shown, that you actually don't need the surgery that was recommended by your surgeon. That's probably the best news we ever give anybody. And by the way, Cleveland Clinic has great data that shows that on spine surgeries, they reject something like 45% of the spine surgeries that arrive there to have surgery. And you know, think about the extent of that surgery and the fact that they can say to someone, no, you really don't need it. So that's the backdrop. So what do we do? Well, everything you need, every question you have, you can get access. So let's start with some of the most basic things. So we talk a lot about telehealth. But when you really talk to people, it turns out that rather than a video experience, which we all think is wonderful and high-end, most people would like to be able to instantly text a doctor, not a robot, not, not a you know care helper, but a doctor, and ask them the question and have her answer that question. Now, the benefit of chat is we can provide it in 60 seconds or less with a doctor, and you now have a record of what they said because let's start with the assumption that most people don't hear 100% of what we say to begin with. Um, And then now you're feeling bad. You might be in the middle of a crisis. You're stressed. The doctor says, I want you to do these five things and take these two meds and take this one three times a day and this one two times a day. And you get off the phone and you say, what did they say? And now if you're texting, you have all that written down. And so it's instant, it's written down. And the last thing we changed about that experience is, what does the, a good doctor, she'll say to you, call me back in two days and tell me how you're feeling. In the existing telehealth market, that means another $50. But what we've said is the health experience is typically resolved in seven days or less. So any text within that seven days is covered, one fee, all covered, bingo. So now we've really thought through what's the experience. Now let's say you call and you want to do a video. You just touch your phone or the doctor may say to you, oh, I've got to see that rash on your arm. They request video, they don't just do it, they request it because you're in charge. 
and you decide, will I allow the doctor to see me or not? So every aspect of that experience has been redesigned. Um, that's true whether we're doing virtual physical therapy. We talked already about surgery. So if you need surgery, if you go to most health plans today, including uh, you know our most health systems, um, you're never going to call um, a health system and they say, you know, we're not really good at knees. We lost all of our top surgeons for knees. We're great at shoulders, but you should go across the way to our competitor. Now, again, it's just not going to happen. And yet you're trusting they're going to guide you to the best decision. I know doctors who work for world-class healthcare systems, and they say, and I'll call them and say, oh, I need this or that. And they say, the best place to go is not here, but somewhere else. Um, and yet they won't tell the average patient that. And so what we're doing in every aspect of that is providing you those three things we talked about, unbiased information, trusted guidance, and last but not least, access to where you need to go. So our own families are using this. You know, one of the things that made Livongo so special was a third of our people either had diabetes or had a direct family member who did. And so this wasn't about some quote unquote product or service. This was about their families, their sons, daughters, mothers, fathers. You know, the first user was my son and he would give me direct feedback on everything. He came home and he said one day, you know, the case sucks. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it sucks. It's falling apart. It's not this. It's not that. And so I went in and uh, I said, how quickly, I don't care what it costs, how quickly can we have the best case in the market? And interestingly, the difference between the case we had and the best case in the market, which Livongo has today, was about a dollar or two. That's all. Um, and yet, nobody optimized for that. Every question, when we walked into the manufacturer and said, we want to pay you more, but here's what we want. They couldn't believe it. And by the way, who else did that? Apple did that. They said, we don't want the cheapest thing you can get. We want this to be, we want people to be excited and proud of this. And so it's a whole different mindset. When you call transparent, you don't get a press one, press three, press seven, press nine. Um, you get a person. Yes, it's more expensive, but... We want to talk to you because you're not calling us for entertainment. This is your health. You matter. And that message is getting sent in every single thing we do. That's what was special about Livongo. So think about one, create that experience. And on the other side, create the alignment. We want you to know that we will never put cost in front of quality. We will always tell you, and we want your employer to know that we will never take a single dime from anyone else to guide you, direct you, all that goes directly to the employer. After the fact, our model is when we can demonstrate we've improved the quality and reduced the cost, we'll take a percentage share of those savings based on the employer agreeing that we actually saved it, not us telling them, they have to agree. No, you proved it. You've done a better job. It's higher quality, it's lower cost. We agree. Here, we'll pay you. That's a big risk, by the way. Nobody else would do that. And similarly, when you talk about no copay, we did that with strips. We said strips are going to be free. The industry hated it because they were making a lot of money marking up inexpensive strips. And we came along and said, let's just make it free because why would we want to put a hurdle in front of people from staying healthy? I, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on in terms of it not being new, but being different. So employees can have access to a physician either through directly. So it's not, you know, I've seen a lot of these other companies where there's sort of an escalation. You start with, uh, with a chat, you know, and then maybe someone else, and then you can get to a physician. But if I want to, I can go right to a doc. Who else 
can I speak to, you know, in terms of those things you were mentioning in terms of guidance or navigation or information? What other types of people do you have? Is, are they coaches, navigators? Who else is part of your service offering? Well, again, it's if you think about think about it as a problem set. So you call, um, you can, number one, talk instantly by touching within 60 seconds, be chatting with a physician, 24 hours a day, 60 seconds. Okay, that's our service commitment. So that's number one. Number two, you might want to talk to someone else, a, a, you know, physical therapist or someone like that. And again, we make that available or a pharmacist. All that's not available in 60 seconds um, yet. It may be at some point. But the other things is, what do you want? You may want to talk to someone who you say, I need hip surgery. What are my options? There, actually talking to a surgeon or a doctor doesn't help you. You want someone who has scheduled 100 hip surgeries in the last six months because they know here's what you need to prepare for. Here's the questions you want to ask when you're in front of the doctor. Here's the various choices you have. Um, here's what's important to you. Is it location? Is it quality? Is it a combination of those? Um, you know, we tend to make decisions for people in healthcare. Healthcare happens to us. But in fact, it may be that you live in Chicago and we say, well, you could go to um, hospital for special surgery in New York. And somebody else would say, well, you're going to send them to New York. And we say, and then they say, they, the member says, actually, that's perfect because my son or daughter lives in New York. I can stay with them while I'm recuperating. That would be perfect. Higher quality, potentially the same or lower cost, and it's better for them. They're in charge. So we say, here are your options. You decide. And you always have the option of going with your traditional health plan. So there's nothing we're taking away. Um, this is always an upgrade to what you're doing. And again, even on something like physicians, so um, there are networks of physicians. We know we work with a number of third parties whose business it is to rate those physicians. Now, we know that half those physicians are better than the other half based on performance. Um, and it's not about cost. That's an element. It's about quality. It's about value. And so what we will do is we'll say, you can go to any physician in the network, but here's the ones we recommend based on their quality ratings from the following organizations. And if we can get people to go to those physicians, we know the quality will improve, errors will decrease, and frankly, costs usually are the same or lower. Um, so it's all about information. And we work with simple principles, which is, wouldn't you want to know what your options are? And the answer for everybody is, of course we would. And, um, but wouldn't you also want to be the one making the decision? We may think your decision isn't the best one. It's not our choice. It's your choice. And that's really, and by the way, your choice may even be, well, thank you very much. I'm going to use my traditional health plan. Um, and that's okay too. But ultimately, we think just like with Livongo, that the true alignment of interest will drive people's behavior. And ultimately, you know, we trust that people are pretty smart and they're smart about their health care as well. A few months ago, Transparent acquired a company called Bridge Health. And could you share how that added to what you're just talking about now in terms of presenting good options, uh, high quality, lower cost options to employees? Sure. Well, you know, Bridge was really the leader in this whole surgical solutions budding industry. And uh, there's a number of players there now. And all they do traditionally, people thought of it as they tell you about a center of excellence. And most of the centers of excellence have dramatically better results and their costs are equal to or lower than 
um, other organizations. And last but not least, uh, you know, their quality in terms of infection rates and the like are, are tend to be lower, but they also reject a certain number of surgeries as unnecessary, or they recommend lower intensity procedures. So for all those reasons, you know, that's why centers of excellence exist. Um, now, in the past, you know, the idea that a janitor could go to a center of excellence, that was a joke. Okay, the only person who went there was, you know, the, the senior executives. So the first thing they did was they said, no, it pays to have anybody who's having heart surgery, back surgery, knee surgery, hip surgery, to go to a center of excellence. Um, so Bridge Health was the leader in that space, the largest, the broadest networks and the like. You know, they were already, when we did our merger, um, they were already serving over a million members, 160 centers of excellence and ambulatory surgery centers, and 300 different pre-negotiated surgery bundles. Um, so from that perspective, we're fortunate to acquire the leader in the space, um, but it's a young space. Now, the first thing we did was we said, well, the business shouldn't just be about scheduling surgeries. One, you want to do the pre-work, which is do a second opinion, because no one should get cut open before they have a second opinion, no matter where you go. You always ought to get a second opinion. That's just smart. So we made second opinions free. Okay, You don't want to say to somebody, you can go and get a second opinion, but you have another copay. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> so second opinions automatically included, number one. Number two, we wanted to make sure that the rehab uh, was available afterwards. So, you know, there uh, we partnered with an organization called SWORD and one of the leaders in that space. And so we created a comprehensive experience for someone who was having surgery. We also said it's not just about centers of excellence. So some of the competitors in the space, they say, they brag, we have five centers of excellence. Really? Well, that's not the best solution. In many cases, rather than sending someone to a hospital, you want to send them to a specialized ambulatory surgery center that only does one or two things, lower infection rate, higher quality, more repetition, lower cost. So we talk about centers of excellence, ambulatory surgery centers, and appropriate site of care. So those are kind of, so it's comprehensive. So since our merger, you know, we've spent a lot of time learning from each other. Um, we've spent a lot of time making sure the offer was broad, but also the other challenge that those businesses have is people get far down the road before they ever know they're available. So by incorporating Bridge as a foundational element in what we were building at Transparent, we were able to say to people, hey, and remember, if you need surgery of any kind or your family does, you wanna go through this because there's no co-pays, you get all the information, again, back to those three things, all the information unbiased, you get trusted guidance, you're in charge, you make the decision, no billing, no co-insurance, and you get to go to the best places in the world. And by the way, those may be right in your backyard. That may be the, the closest atrium uh, hospital, but it also, if it's not, we're gonna tell you that too. And that way you'll make your decision. Some people say, well, I'm just not up for traveling, great. Some people say, I don't want to drive across town. It's their decision. But we want them to at least know what the options are. And by the way, plenty of these things can be done locally. Um, you know, there, there are wonderful health systems all around the country. So it's not, we don't want somebody to travel if they don't have to. But we also have cases every day we, you know, I was uh, made aware of a case where a, a woman in North New Jersey was saying, I'm the most pro uh, popular person 
at my local hospital. And so our people said, well, why is that? I'm the first time they're going to do this procedure. <laughs> so he said, yeah, that's not really what you want. You can take the PATH train to New York and be with five of the top places in the world, and all of them are covered by your health plan. And it was like a light went on. She was like, really? I could do that? Like she was completely unaware. And so again, um, that's what we're doing. Just to go back, you work with a company with a vendor called Sword. Is that their, your second opinion company? No, Sword is, is focused on, they're doing digital you know, rehab post-surgery. Uh, okay, uh, which is fantastic. And that whole digital physical therapy, digital rehab is also a relatively new field, but it's phenomenal. I don't know if you've seen some, well, obviously you've seen some of that technology. It's, it's amazing where digitally they can track to see if you're bending over appropriately, if you're stretching appropriately, it's, it's like having a trainer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and again, what you want, you know, you want, we really want to optimize these solutions. Some people need hands-on. That's okay. Some people can't get hands-on. So then you give them digital. You want to balance this out. You know, a lot of people talk about high tech, high touch. That's not what this is about. I, I really don't like that terminology. When technology works, we don't ever think about it. You know, there's this wonderful quote that says, technology perfectly applied is indistinguishable from magic. And when you think about that at Livongo, we used to actually call people um, when they were dangerously low or dangerously high. And they would say to us, you've called at the perfect time. And they'd say, it's, it's like magic you knew to call. Now, we didn't tell them that a screen was flashing red because we knew in their body, their blood sugar was dangerously low or dangerously high. They didn't care about the technology. They didn't say high tech. All they said was, you were there when I needed you, okay? And when we get in a car, we don't marvel at the fact that the you know, global positioning satellite is helping to direct our car and through chips and everything else. We just type in an address and we say, awesome, it rerouted me. That's cool. Um, so it's not about high tech. It's about how do we become the, the perfect solution for any challenge someone's going to have. If we use technology, great. If it requires a person, great. If it requires a specialist, great. What we're doing today is we're not getting any of that right. And that's why people are so unhappy with their healthcare systems. And, you know, we keep seeing people are trying to solve it instead of solving a problem. They're trying to either use technology or they're trying to, they're not listening. So even with our telehealth applications, we aren't really listening to what people are asking for. And what they want when you have an, an issue, the reason that Google is so widely used is because you can instantly get your answer. Now, they would prefer to use that with their local healthcare system, but their local healthcare system isn't available and involved. Picking up on being responsive to what people want, what are the top, let's say, five types of calls that you're experiencing at Transparent? What, what are employees calling you about? And it could be broad categories or, or specifics, but I'm just kind of curious. Well, I think it, you know, again, it really varies by need. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't really change you know, what the most common issues are. So, you know, you have a number of buckets. Um, one bucket is questions that could uh, that result today in different, um, you know, visits to physicians. So someone could say, um, if they have a chronic condition, they may have questions about their medications. If they have a, um, an acute issue, which is, you know, I've got a terrible sinus headache, um, I've got a bad headache, or in today's world, do I have COVID because of X, Y, or Z? So there's a lot of those questions which are really trying to do diagnosis. 
So that's the first thing, which is what do I do? And that's an immediate question. A subset of those is our ER issues. Do I need to go to the ER? I'm having this pain or I'm having this situation. So a lot of those calls come in on questions. As you get deeper into the healthcare experience, then you may have questions that have to do with procedures. Um, and those could be surgical questions um, or rehab questions um, or issues like that. And of course, the whole pharma category is, is a category unto itself. You can't really turn on the TV today without seeing an ad for somebody who's going to help you address your, uh, your cost of pharmaceuticals. And we're seeing right before our eyes, the PBM industry get changed and remade. And that's pretty fascinating as well, people, because once again, um, we haven't been able to come close to satisfying people from a cost standpoint or from an experience standpoint. You know, the experience today is you know, there's lots of hurdles to getting what you need when you need it, um, even if you have a prescription. So, you know, I've gone to pharmacies, I have a prescription, I want to get uh, medication filled and they're out of it. Um, you know, that that's frustrating. And you, you go other times and you say, well, the prescription is not ready to be refilled. You have to wait a day. <laughs> you know, so um, uh, somehow someone somewhere has calculated that I may have lost two pills. And uh, so all those kinds of hurdles. And that's what um, if you see and everybody's getting into that game right now, which is great. Yeah, I mean, just picking up on that from an employer perspective, there's some big ticket costs. Pharmacy has been for the last few years uh, rising. It's now, I think, above even the amount of money that that employers pay to, for hospital care. Is that part of the offering too, in terms of guidance, in terms of potentially lower cost options, in terms of medications or, or things like that? It, it absolutely is. And, um, and there's a number of different uh, examples of that, but let me use one. Um, we are working with a company called Zerigo, Z-E-R-I-G-O. And, um, you know, one of the biggest uh, challenges and fastest growing expenses is biologics. So if you have psoriasis and you're using Humira, um, it costs on average about $35,000 per person per year. $35,000 per person per year to deal with your psoriasis. Um, the recommended treatment for psoriasis is a three-step treatment. Step one is try a topical cream. And if that doesn't work, step two is light therapy. You go to your dermatologist typically three times a week for 20 minutes for eight to 12 weeks, and that will take care of it. Very effective. And step three is biologics. And the downside of biologics is, one, not only are they very expensive, uh, but in addition to that, there's a lot of side effects. So why do so many people jump to biologics? Because think of your schedule. If I told you three times a week for 12 weeks, you have to leave work and go to the dermatologist. Um, you would say, Glenn, I, I can't do that. <laughs> particularly if you're working in a factory, if you're an hourly worker, you're working in a restaurant, you're what we've now rightly determined are so many essential workers. Um, you can't just leave work three times a week for 12 weeks. Your boss would probably say, hey, <laughs> that's uh, sorry, you can't do that. So people jump to biologics. Well, Zerigo has developed a handheld device, looks like kind of a bad hairdryer. Um, they would kill me if I said that, but, um, but it is a light therapy device. Now, the challenge of doing home light therapy is what if you apply too much of it? What if you, um, but this device is a connected device. It only turns on um, when you're supposed to use it and only in the intensity that's been prescribed. In addition, 
um, they will, and this is part of the future, uh, they will not only is the device so smart, it can make sure to only apply the light to damaged skin, not undamaged skin, and it will measure the exact improvement, which will allow physicians, the dermatologists, to remotely then determine, do I need to use more intensity, less intensity, et cetera. Unbelievable breakthrough, something like a fifth of the cost of the biologics. So you get an 80% reduction. Now think about $30,000, you know, at, at a typical organization, you might have 100 of these people and you're talking about $3 million spent for 100 people. And now all of a sudden you've reduced that and, uh, you know, instead of 3 million, uh, it's 600,000. It's a big number, big difference. And there's no side effects. So that's the kind of innovation. But remember, if I, now let's go back to your original, our original discussion. Now, if I go, if I'm Zerigo and I go to a large self-insured employer, now I'm number 15. <laughs> and how do that's a separate contract, separate security, separate telling. And so if you don't have, it's a little bit like, you know, you and I are old enough to remember WordPerfect and Lotus and programs like that. And then all of a sudden, Microsoft said, you know what, let's make it easy. We're going to give you everything in Microsoft Office. And even though those programs weren't quite as good, we said, gosh, it just makes life easy. And think about healthcare. Instead of 14, if Transparent can come along and say, let me make your life easy, we'll do this, but we'll do it in a way that if it's not good, you're not taking the risk. You're not getting 14 contracts, 14 bills, 14 security issues. Um, we're doing all that for you in an experience that your people really like. And that's what's kind of, you know, that's the iPhone moment for healthcare that we're creating. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. You went back to that because that's exactly what I was thinking as you were talking about this example of Zerigo. It's you're creating that curated package, that that curated ecosystem so that I can't, I mean, I can't imagine that any self-insured employer, the health benefits managers or the health benefits teams are going to be out there looking for these solutions, finding them. And then they have to, like you say, contract with each one. And so you've really, through your, I guess, partnerships and vertical integrations, really creating a solution for them, a package solution, which is constantly, it sounds like it's constantly evolving. You're constantly looking for better options, higher quality options, more convenient options, uh, more cost-effective options. And then you're putting that into your curated ecosystem and then offering that as a package to employees and employers. Exactly, exactly. And But the key is it has to be when you look at it, it can't be, you know, you have all the, mm -hmm. the you know, the aiders, um, you know, so you have, the integrators, you have the curators, you have the, all of these, these folks who have um, the navigators. And I look at all those and I say like, navigation, this reminds me of, of you know, like if, if somebody breaks glass in a, in a room, you have two options. You can clear a little path. And when people come over, you can say, let me show you how to walk through the room so you don't get cut. Or you can actually clean the glass up. Now, most people would say, well, of course you clean the glass up. In healthcare, we clear the path. In healthcare, what we say is we're going to create a whole industry called navigators because we've made this so hard. And by the way, we even did that for electronic health records, my old business. Epic was so hard to use that we created a whole industry of scribes. And somebody thought it was okay to say, this hardware, this software is so hard to use, we're going to get another person to sit next to a doctor to actually use it because that's how bad it is. And somehow we thought that was okay. Instead of saying, like, can you imagine if Google said that? Like Google said that they have, we'd have full employment for the entire world. Because every time you wanted to use Google, you'd say, let me call a scribe in to enter this into this system. 
Can you imagine any other place in the world we would do that other than healthcare? No, but I, I think that's brilliant. I think you perfectly described healthcare in the US. It's, we are not removing the broken glass. We're just bolting on solutions to work around it, so to speak. Do you disagree with that? Yeah, I, no, I, I do agree with that. I agree with it 100%, yeah. I'm gonna use your metaphor because I think it's so true. I mean, this is brilliant. I, you know, I'm just in awe of, you know, the foundational elements that you shared with us that, you know, underlie what it is that you're doing and then the execution and how you have and are continuing to put it together. It makes a lot of sense. And do you have, I know this is early on for Transparent, but do you have any numbers? How many employers or employees do you have now? Any early numbers in terms of quality or cost savings? Well, you know, what I would say is two things. Um, I would say that for Bridge Health, our Bridge Health unit, which, you know, they've been demonstrating the cost savings for years. And I think people have demonstrated in each unique category, the cost savings. What no one has done is create an aligned experience that the cost savings flow to the right people, to the self-insured employers, number one. And number two, that it's an experience that people will use. We've made some of these things so confusing, so complex, and so costly through co-pays and the like that nobody uses them. So what we're doing is we're bundling up this, putting a bow around it and making it something that people want to use, not they're forced to use, but that they want to use. So that's the real difference. In terms of customers, we will start to, because this is still relatively, you know, the integrated experience is relatively new. We will start to announce customer names and customer rollouts in the next 60 days. How are you engaging uh, healthcare systems? Yeah, and they are going to be close partners with us because healthcare systems understand that right now they don't have a great future because they're being relegated, you know, to simply the lowest cost provider. Um, and that's not a great future. And unless they start to build direct relationships with the real payers, and those are businesses and people, if they allow themselves to be disintermediated, because you can't have United Healthcare making $5 billion a quarter and you know, and not adding value. And that's what's happening today. How would you describe the category you're in? And initially I was thinking in the way it has been described as sort of care navigation, which again, you bristled about before and I totally get what you're saying. Maybe the category is not care navigation. Maybe the category is direct to employer. Yeah, yeah. I think think we have to at Livongo, everybody said, so you're a strip and meter company. We said, no. Okay, you're a care management company. We said, no. Okay, you're a, and they went through this long, you're a coaching company. And they, each time they would say like, and they would put a name, we say no. And so, you know, we, we created a category called applied health signals. And initially we went public, stock went down. Nobody understood it. They didn't know where to put us, but it's no different than what kind of, give me a one word answer. What is Apple? Are they a computer company, a phone company, or are they a, what are they? What's your one word answer? There isn't, there isn't a one word answer, no. Yeah, because they've created something that kind of doesn't fit. Um, I, I love when people call, they say, well, the tech companies. And I say, like who? And they say like Walmart and Amazon. Really? Those are tech companies? Because Walmart's a big shopping place. Oh, you're saying they use technology just like you could. <laughs> but Walmart's not a tech company. They're a shopping company. They have stores. They have, hey, I thought bricks and mortar were gone. I guess not. So we have to, this idea. So what I would say, um, by the way, Amazon is an experience company. Apple's an experience company. We're an experience company. We're not, we'll use technology. We'll use data science. We'll use everything we can to create this amazing experience where you say, you know what? There wasn't a time that I didn't feel informed, in control, and really great about that experience. And that's what we want for our healthcare experience. 
Absolutely. Such a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks again, Glenn. Okay. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. So friends, that was the interview that we conducted earlier today with Glenn Tolman. I think there is so much that we could deconstruct and debrief about that interview. And uh, hopefully we'll have Glenn on sometime soon again. As I do every episode, I'd like to conclude by thanking all of you out there who are doing the hard work each and every day of taking care of patients or those of you who are supporting those who are taking care of patients. I and we truly appreciate you for what you do and recognize how critically important your work is to individuals, families, communities, and our society. This is Zeb Neuwirth on Creating a New Healthcare. My friends, until next time, be safe and be well.